finished fourth in the Big Ten last year. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> Ethan ha- Ethan Hamp was good. Fuck. Keeping all that in here. All right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. Casey, Badgers take a bye week. We do not, although we're yeah. coming at you late. How are you doing yeah. today? Doing all right, Marlo. It's a little weird recording on, on a Monday. Uh, I was at work, so I weirdly thought more about <laughs> what I was going to talk about on the pod uh, than I would on a normal Sunday. On a normal, su- I guess I'm normally thinking about what I'm going to talk about. But I, it's kind of as it's happening, so it's a little bit slower, whereas today I just kind of like kept thinking over things, and hopefully that uh, doesn't result in a four-hour podcast, which is my fear. But I'll try to keep my points succinct, Marlo, and uh, not make this not, not make this too terrible. But why are we why are we coming at him a little bit late, Marlo? Too much Halloween candy on the weekend for you, or what was, what was uh, the deal? Let him know. <laughs> a little Halloween candy. You know, life, life gets in the way. Things happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, I try to put the podcast first, you know, yeah. first and foremost, We're but, uh, sometimes, it, yeah, real professional. Sometimes it, you know, every once in a while has to take a back seat and yeah. we had a, we had a small window to get it in and we wanted to do quality. So we decided yeah. to put it off until Monday so that we can, you know, do it the right way. Yeah, it was, uh, it was today or really late last night and <laughs> that was, you know, not going to fit to either our schedules. So here we are, um, Halloween happened. We had it delayed here, Marlo. Did you get it delayed? Ooh. Uh, or did you, when do you, when no. does, when does trick or treating happen in, in your, your hood? Uh, so yeah, it was Halloween, well, I think it was from four to eight, something like that, six to uh, eight, uh, four to oh, eight, something yeah. in that range. Uh, it's Halloween night though. You, you, you're, you stuck yeah. with it. Yeah, okay. we had it. We yeah, had so yeah, from stuck Halloween with it. To uh, to Saturday, you? so it was it was Saturday, Ooh. which was luckily there wasn't a Badger game that it was in the middle of. Um, that would <laughs> I would have not been a, a great host there. Um, so we had it. I think I was watching the end of the Nebraska game. Then we went out for a little bit. Uh, Nebraska Purdue game, and then we went out for a little bit. It was cold and windy, and just oh yeah. Lu- luckily, my son didn't want to be outside any more than I did, and he loved handing out the candy. I mean, eating oh. some himself, but handing it out, he had a blast. So we just did that. Um, so yeah. Anyway, Halloween. Oh Halloween no, candy. we had too much candy. The full experience. Yeah, that was it. Was miserable. It was cold, mm-hmm. and just cold. It, it stopped snowing. It was snowing in the morning, pretty much yeah. all day. Yep. Stopped at nights, which is why I think they kept it on. But it was just cold. And I just didn't want to be out there anymore. And of course, he wanted to run around. But luckily, Grandma mm-hmm. cut it short. It's like we're going home. Uh, he was okay with it. Uh, he destroyed his costume within five seconds of wearing oh. it. Oh, all right. Uh, so that was good. Um, that was that was kind of a travesty because his his mom his mom and his grandmother spent like a month working on it. <laughs> it took like five seconds to destroy it. Uh, so that was classic. Uh, but yeah, besides that, it was good. I mean, he got he got. I mean, we got a lot of candy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so now we gotta that was Halloween. Fight, fight that fight of not letting me candy every day, every day until it's gone. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's great. It's great. Great dad stuff. All right, Marlo. On to the sports on campus. Um, bye week. We mentioned uh, how much did this bye week? Obviously, we talked about a little bit of trick or treating for me on on Saturday. But how did this? Did you take in the bye week? Do some family stuff, or did you just watch football like a normal week? Uh, yeah, just watch football like a normal week. <laughs> you know, I was going to be done with football. I, too, and then even with it, it wasn't even that good of a slate because, like, the top, like, five teams had a bye as well. Yep. Uh, the top three teams had a bye. Clemson was playing, like, Walford, so basically had a bye. Yep. Um, and then I think 
you know, tough. So anyways, basically Pop Five teams had a bye. No one was really playing. There wasn't any um like on paper compelling games. But of course, if there's football on, I'm gonna try to watch it. Yep. Yeah, I was with you. I was like, I'm just gonna have a relaxing day and then Nebraska Purdue was on and I just found myself emotionally rooting against Nebraska. And it was like <laughs> here we go again. I just can't I just can't sit and watch it. I have to have some sort of rooting interest. So uh I yeah. like you, still watching football, still getting emotionally invested, obviously not as much though. Uh so Badgers yeah. enjoyed the bye peeking, week. Peeking behind the curtain though, we were getting a little too into that Nebraska game. Uh yeah. our entire group. We had a group chat going on, and we were pulling out stats and talking Nebraska football more than anything I could ever think of. So, shout out, shout out to Vol, shout out to the rest of the group for uh, going in on Nebraska football. Yeah, we still have some pent up anger at, I guess, the uh, is it arrogance, would you say, Marlo, that Nebraska Nebraska came into the Big Ten with, and then we laid the smackdown on them, but still hold a grudge for that. So, always (laughs) it seems. yeah, so next week, Wisconsin uh, hosts Iowa, and I feel like I say this almost every week, Marlo, but this is, seems like a real make-or-break game for the season, <laughs> right? The season, there's two paths for the season. Uh, yep. One, and it depends on this game, Well, and then it will depend on this game until it's the next game, I guess, but um, right. if this... I feel like if Wisconsin loses this game, this is now a, a lost season, and we cannot accomplish any of the goals that... Uh, I guess us on this podcast set out for this team, uh, and 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 again we need to win. And a game I think that I, I was kind of looking at and going, we need to figure out how good we are a, as well. So I think a, a lot to learn this weekend as Iowa comes to Wisconsin. What are you looking uh, forward to, or maybe uh, nervous about in this game, Marlo? Uh, well, I mean it's essentially eliminator game for the West, right? Yep. With. Mm-hmm. Minnesota sitting there undefeated. Uh, both of these teams have to win to kind of keep their hopes alive as long as Minnesota keeps keeps winning. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I got one side of my brain that's looking at it and it's like, Iowa doesn't look that good. Yeah. Uh, the dot, you know, it's, it's an Iowa team. They're basically Wisconsin junior. <laughs> Take that, Iowa. Oh, wow. um, but they, they, they're the same, you know what I'm saying, same style, recruit like three-star players. Hopefully, they can overachieve uh, and then kind of go for there. That's why we. I feel like we all, no matter what type of team we have, we always. It always seems to be a close game. Yeah, it always seems to be a close, low-scoring game. Uh, yeah. Iowa, you mentioned there, beating the teams they should, losing to the teams you'd think, losing at Michigan against Penn State, but beating kind of the other Big Ten foes they faced. Right. Yeah. So I, I here's what I think. I'm lucky it's a, I'm. One side of the brain says we should beat them. The other side of the brain says we lost to Illinois. How are we going to beat them? <laughs> and then I'm, and then it's like, okay, well, at least we're playing at home. And I think that's kind of deciding things. Since we're playing at home, I think it would be extremely disappointing to drop this one, uh, you know, Iowa team at home. We got that 3 o'clock kickoff, which is magical Yeah. Uh, at this time. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm going back and forth on where is that, but it definitely is. Yeah, it's a fork in the road for the season for sure. Yeah. Hey, careful with Illinois. They're uh, won their last three in the big team. It's true. Big Ten. I they, mean, have. They're a, they have. Maybe not a terrible team. They're a terrible team. It's so sad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fork of the road game. Uh, I always feel like this was gone. It's like twelve to nine or something weird, and it comes down to some weird play one way or the other. Um, I remember recently being at a wedding where we're all gathered around a. <laughs> 
uh, a cell phone watching the end of the game where something weird happened in our favor. So that made that night even the more enjoyable uh, for that. But it does seem like it comes down to a weird interception from Iowa or a uh, oh, crap. Who's the quarterback stepping on uh, or getting his foot stepped on as he hands the ball off on the one yard line? Weird things <sighs> like that seem to decide yeah. this game. I tried to give an example. A, a fake punt. A half example uh, one way that I half remember, and an example the other way <laughs> that I half remember. But uh, yeah, it was Stave, right? I think it was Stave, and I was trying to remember yeah. who he's handing off to, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it's it's close. This Iowa team seems like a quintessential Iowa team. They have uh, Stan uh, Stanley Stanny. What's his name? God oh, darn it! The uh, quarterback who's been there for forever. Um, they got they got him. Uh, and then, and then they're, they're solid defense. Stanley, there we go. My goodness. This is not a, not a great start to, if I, this is the way my recall is going to be the rest of this podcast, Marlo, but we're going to go with it. Um, Stanley is still there. Uh, and this Iowa defense seems like the normal Iowa defense, uh, that we've seen in the past. So should be a close one. Uh, all the, the spread, the, Matchup predictors things point to a Wisconsin victory. Um, obviously, that's what I'm hoping for, but we'll see. We'll see. Oh. I don't feel confident about it, Marlo. Like we, yeah, about- I just, I, I just got nervous because you started saying that. I literally wasn't before. Yeah. I just You're got nervous, nervous for this game right now. Yeah. Jesus. Oh man, this is gonna be yeah. tough. This is gonna be a tough week. It's gonna be, it's tough. Gonna be a tough week. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. Uh, just all confidence in this team is shot. They need to reestablish who they are in this game and kind of who they will be going forward. So with that to look forward yeah. to, Marlo, we also have basketball Uh-oh. to look forward to. If back. You can belie- if you can believe this, Marlo, the college basketball season is back and starts tomorrow. Yeah, starts tomorrow. today, if you're listening to this. Yep, today, as you're listening to it, the 5th of November, as everybody always remembers, that's the start of the college basketball season. Um, Wisconsin plays St. Mary's. Uh, which is a interesting matchup. St. Mary's, uh, obviously, uh, in whatever conference Gonzaga's in. They're in Gonzaga's conference. <laughs> and this game is oddly <laughs> taking place in uh, South Dakota? Sioux Falls, South Dakota? I can't yeah, Oh, they're, are they doing that again? Are they doing that again? Yeah, it's in Sioux Falls, it's South like, Dakota. It's like some historic building that I don't remember, that I don't know is historic until they tell me. Is it the Sanford Pentagon? Does that help? I don't know what it is. I, I, I they they play. They've done this game before. They've done this. A, yeah, I don't. I want to say five, four, five years ago. I can't remember. I know they've done this before. But yeah, it's weird. It's okay. It's, it's a Wisconsin move. Okay. Well, surprisingly, Marla, we're not going. Oh. <laughs> <Super> <laughs> South Dakota, take this one in. Uh, an interesting. <laughs> Early preseason matchup. I think we'll get into a little bit more of a season preview in a minute, Marlo, but uh, I want to touch on this game first. Uh, St. Mary's is obviously big for them. They don't they don't get a shot at Power 6 conference teams a lot. They get a shot here. Um, we're, I guess, nominally the home team. At least that's the way it looks on my screen right now. Um, we are... Uh, St. Mary's is favored by three and a half. Although the basketball power index has us with a 70% chance to win, Marlo. So take that Ooh. for what you will. Uh, yeah. An interesting non-conference game early in the season uh, to see where these two teams stand. Obviously, we won't learn, we'll learn a lot until they both play a couple games. But I think a very weird opening game. Yeah. We're already... Stu- is, this, is it too soon to talk about resume builders? 
our non-conference well, resume here against. I will bring up bracket- bracketology in a little bit, so it yep. might, not be, <laughs> might not be too early to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like it's it's, it's basketball. It's a much longer season. It, it takes sometimes it takes a little bit to see what teams really are. Yeah. Um, it's nice to get a you know a nice little taste of of you know not your you know not your like pity pat teams, but you know a nice team that that should be shows where we're at at the beginning of the season, right? Right. A St. Mary's team, they're coming in ranked, whatever you want to give that means, uh, but they have the pedigree. They have the tournament pedigree, so that we will, you know, kind of get use it as an early measuring stick to see where is this team at that is going to be very new, which I think we're going to talk about here. Um, and coming off our last game, I was looking up the schedule on like ESPN, you yep. know, and they keep up the last game from last year on like the top of the yeah. schedule. So I have to stare at that awful, awful loss to Oregon in the tournament. Yeah. Um, so that's the, the last little taste we have in our mouth. So, you know, hopefully we can get that out and and see where this team is at. Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, we got a little bit of a taste, I guess, in an exhibition against lacrosse. Uh, so they ended up winning uh, 82 to 53. Pretty uh, wide uh, distribution of scoring with uh, multiple, uh, multiple players being uh, in double figures. In the game, uh, led by uh, Reavers with 15, Kobe King with 14, Davidson 13, Ford 12, Trice 10. I just wanted to get through all the ones who had uh, double-digit scoring. Uh, so, I, I mean, I don't know that we learned anything, but it's seemed like we had the game in hand and we did what we needed to do in the exhibition. I don't know that there's much more to be gleaned out of that game, uh, Marlo. But uh, let's look ahead at the season. We are without players who graduated last year, moved on in their professional or in their basketball careers or lack thereof. Ethan Half, Khalil Iverson, Charles Thomas. Um, obviously, the most notable of those is Ethan Half, um, who was ju- just a, a leader, uh, stats wise and kind of program wise of the team. Obviously, going to miss him. Um, although there's a lot of. Are we better without Ethan? Not are we better because that doesn't sound right. <laughs> but will it? Can we play more of a system offense that doesn't have to cater to Ethan Hap's unique, while very talented, but unique yeah. set of skills? Um, obviously, we'll miss Khalil Av- Iverson's athleticism, or is he athletic, or is he is not he athletic? And and all of that. Um, so those are gone. Returning players we have: Demetri Trice, Davison. Kobe King, Aleem Ford, Reavers, and Pritzel coming back. Pritzel. Uh, so a lot of the, what would you say, uh, at least rotation, starters and rotation guys coming back from last year. And new guys, Micah Potter, if he ever gets cleared by the NCAA, there was another Washington guard who got who transferred from Kentucky that was free Potter. granted a waiver for no reason whatsoever, had a less convincing case than Potter. And this is just, I've, Every time this comes across about somebody getting a waiver, it just boils my blood all over again. All of them make less sense than his situation, and except they're at bigger programs. That's the only reason I can come up with uh, for these cases. Uh, Tyler Wall is a uh, four-star freshman, six-seven winger uh, who looks to play a uh, pretty big 
role on the team. And then Trevor Anderson returning from injury, you might remember. He's he's kind of a new face. He played uh, the first couple games last year before um, having a, I believe it was an ACL injury. It was a knee injury. Uh, he'll be back hopefully healthy this year. He was, a, uh, I think, a pretty pivotal backup guard last year. Um, hopefully he will stay healthy and be there this year. So that's kind of the players coming back. Um, outside expectations, Marlo. Uh, I went through a couple kind of Big Ten previews where they think this team will rank. Obviously, we aren't ranked nationally, not in the top 25. Um, I, in fact, we didn't even get a vote to be in the top 25, which I think is a little no, bit surprising. No. No. Uh, but it, for, from a Marlowe point of view, that's got to be encouraging, right? You like the um, little bit of lack of belief in the team at the beginning. Uh, yeah, it, basketball is exactly where we're going to be at, whether we have uh, a good team, an okay team, whatever. We're just kind of on that outside. If we can get, the, get this win against St. Mary, maybe we'll be ranked. You know, maybe we'll come later in Big Ten play. But, yeah, not don't have those hex, uh, high expectations coming into the season. We're just going to play Wisconsin. No one even no – one, we're on nobody's radar because we're boring. We don't have the, we don't have the uh, star players, star recruits. So come in, play our game, pass the ball around, don't dribble, seven passes and a basket, beat teams, thousand paper cuts at a time, and it will come. All right. Yeah, great. Mar- right where Marlon wants right where Marlon wants him. I love it. Uh coming out of nowhere. Uh the kind of consensus Big Ten has us anywhere from uh seventh, I saw, to ninth. Uh, although I saw some kind of Wisconsin friendly uh, podcasts and and rankings kind of getting them up closer to that fourth and uh, all the way up to fourth, I think it was, that I saw. And I, I forgot, Mother, we finished fourth in the, uh, in yeah. the Big Ten last year. I forget yep. how, quick, how quickly I forget um, on that. By the way, uh, Ethan Happ, do you know where he's playing right now? Uh, I thought he was doing esports. He's well, he, you know, a, a casual esportser. Uh, oh, okay. He is, Where's he at? Uh, Olympiakos, Olympiakos, Olympiakos in in the Greek in the Greek league. So nice. Uh, has I, I don't think that started yet. I was trying to find some scores and stats. I couldn't find any scores and stats. But he's officially on the roster number twenty two, out there in Greece. So getting doing his uh, thing, his professional career there. Uh, don't recognize any of the other Americans on the team. So there you go. Um, who is uh, who's your key who's your key returning player? Key returning player. All right. So mm-hmm. here's the thing. Returning players. We obviously have a void to fee- fill for Ethan Happ. Uh yep. I've heard I'm a little worried that Trice and Davison are who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been starters for what, two years now? I don't know that they're getting better. Maybe Davison can finally be healthy and not have dislocate a shoulder every game or whatever the heck it is and yeah. remember how to shoot like he did early in his freshman year. Uh, Trice is who he is. He can't create his own shot very well, but you know can make some big shots. If he can return to early last season, Trice, that'd be great. I'm keep. I got my eye on Kobe King. If he can last Ooh. year when he was when he was aggressive, when he was playing within the offense, he was really good. The problem was. Yeah. He kind of floated in and out of games and got in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. He can be more the good version of Kobe King and less the I'm just floating in and out of the offense Kobe King. I think he might have a really good year. 
Um, I've let a, ro- a lot a lot about Reavers stepping up and Ford stepping up, but Kobe King's kind of my X factor guy. If he takes it up a level, I think this can be a competitive team. Uh, nice. I mean, I think they'll be competitive, but I think they'll be a, yeah. an overachieving team with Kobe yeah. King. He's my my key returning player because um, I think he has the most upside. He has he has the next step to take whereas some of the other players i think kind of are who they are you know at the, at this point how about you uh yeah i'm gonna go to reavers um All right. to your point i think he had, well it's a couple things from the highlights i saw because i couldn't find the game he looks a little bigger so he looks like he put a little muscle on that could be like yep. the two seconds that he just could have saw him at a weird angle for that two seconds so but my point is he is that typical big man that can play a little inside, but mostly can do it outside. Um, it has that threat, which really opens up the offense. And if he can be the constant, that constant outside threat, um, that can really do things to open up the rest of the team for your boys like Trice and Davis and King, um, you know, as well, if we're flowing that through Revis, if he's a true offensive threat. He showed some flashes last year. Mm-hmm. If he could stay as a more consistent, you know, we can count him every game type of player, 10 and 12, 12 and 10, all that stuff. Um, I think that would do that would be that would do wonders for for this team. Like you said, kind of overachieving this year. Yeah, I have read that Reavers and Ford both have put on some weight, uh, kind of are will fit better in the swing offense than Hapted. Again, not as good of players by any stretch uh, at this point. Um, yeah. Or, or at least what we what we've seen of them, uh, but will fit better into uh, the swing offense. And adding that size will allow them to be that a little bit uh, more of a post player, while also being able to step out, hit some shots. Yep. Although Ford's been mm, inconsistent, like he's always been. He's always been. Yeah. He's gonna go over three or f- like four for six. <laughs> it's like there's no in between. Yep. <laughs> uh, no in between with him. So hopefully he can pick that up. But I, I definitely like Reavers. I think Reavers has. As far as his role on the team, it will be the uh, kind of the, the most uh, he'll have the most opportunity to increase his role, right? Because he's he'll be taking a lot of the minutes that that Hap had, and I think they'll be playing Ford and Potter when he comes back off of off of off of Reavers. So um, looking forward looking forward to that. Uh, other expectations, Marlo bracketology. I know, yeah, it's it may be november 4th but we're talking bracketology that's Currently right we have wisconsin as the last four in and uh the 10 seed on the bracket it sounds like the big 10 is going to get about seven teams in and it's kind of the argument is is wisconsin or indiana that last big 10 team to get in now i'm not super sold on uh the teams ahead of uh wisconsin in the big 10 uh it seems like it's michigan state then a gap and then kind of the next level of of teams um, led by Maryland, uh, Ohio State, uh, Purdue, and then I think there's another gap in Michigan, Illinois, and then you get to Indiana, Wisconsin. So Illinois, <laughs> people are that's what they're people saying. are high in Illinois. People are high on Illinois. Oh my goodness! Finishing no lower than uh, I haven't seen any lower than sixth in my in my I got a list of my rankings here. I've seen no lower than six. Oh, in the Wisconsin, okay. In the non-Wisconsin ones, <laughs> in the Wisconsin ones, they have them lower because they have Wisconsin up in like fourth and fifth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't. It, it, the Illinois, what, what has Illinois done to be like? This is like Nebraska football. Like, what has Illinois done to be like? Okay, yeah, I think they'll actually make a tournament this year. I mean, I, I didn't do. Did I didn't do an in Illinois preview. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. 
it's going on. All right, it's cool, cool. Illinois, so, Illinois is going to make yeah, the tournament. So Illinois is ahead of us. Yeah, that's what that's what people are saying. Marlon, Illinois is going to make the tournament. Um, so that's that equates to a ten seed in the bracketology. So that's what the other people are saying, Marlo. I guess what let's look at it kind of like how we did football. What do we expect? What would be a good season for uh, as we sit here day before the season starts? What are you expecting from this team? Uh, what would be kind of your I guess minimal expect like a let's think CrossFit right? You have your goal, you have your stretch goal. Is that how that works? <laughs> do you have like a sure. minimum goal? Sure. Yeah. Uh, what are, yeah. What are all the goals in CrossFit? Let's do it that way. Um. Cool. Well, <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. Is that a okay, thing? Cool. At all? all right. We're just gonna, we're gonna go with the Casey. We're gonna go with it. So we got our. Uh, it's made it. Yeah, up. we have our minimum. We have our minimum work. Our minimum work requirement. We have our yeah. goal. And we have a stretch goal. Right. We'll go Fantastic. with that. Is that a thing? It is now. Um, God, I thought that was a thing. <laughs> uh, minimum work requirement. For yeah. me, this is how I go into the season. You got to make the tournament. You just got to make. You got to make the tournament. College basketball is too big. We play in the Big Ten. All you have to do is go like five hundred or something in the Big Ten most years, and you could yeah. probably make the tournament, right? Yep. Does it that So that's that's a minimum work requirement. Goals. It's so. I saying that it's college basketball has gotten so hard to predict, especially in the Big Ten, because you have like. Michigan, Michigan State, are like the only ones pulling in top recruits, right? Every once in a while, there's one sprinkled in like a Maryland or Indiana, but not not a consistent class, right? So it's kind of hard to see how the how these teams are going to pan out and how you know we kind of wedge ourselves in there. So we'll go with goal. Um, boy, I you have to be in with the top half, so you know in that six. Five, yeah. six, maybe even seven range around there. Called seven, okay. and then uh, our stretch goal to get us up to that that four, that top four tier. There you go, the Bo Ryan tier. Yeah, Bo Ryan tier. The Bo Ryan yeah. never filled less. Never, never. What do you have? What was this? They always said they was never below fourth for the longest time. Fourth, yeah, yeah, thirteen years or something crazy. Yep. No, I'm right. I'm right with you, Marlo. Yep. I think at a minimum you got to make the tournament. Um, I think that's got to be your baseline goal, and kind of ba- not just a baseline. Like that's what I expect. I think that's like baseline where you want this. You would expect this team to be right around there. That's where a lot of the projections are. I think you're right in that kind of eking up a little bit. That kind of six to fifth range. If you can kind of get a couple wins, you shouldn't get um, it. Like I said, Michigan State looks like they're going to be really good. Maryland looks like they're going to be really good. They're ranked seventh, which seems a bit high um, preseason. Uh, a couple other tough teams there that you would have to kind of uh, supplant to get up there. But yeah, I, I, I'm totally in lockstep with you, Marlo. Get that top four. That's the stretch goal. If you can do that, that would be a be a great year. Maybe get a signature win on the home court, something like that. Uh, I think um, that would be where. Exactly where I'm, I'm looking there. I think, unfortunately, well, we do Michigan at home, Michigan State, excuse me, at home on February 1st might be an opportunity for that. Ohio State ranked 18th on the 9th might be an opportunity for a signature home win and Maryland on the uh, the 14th of January. So a couple nice. home. We'll probably be at all of those. Probably. But. Yeah. Some chances to have a signature win at home, and I think with this team, if you're going to have a signature win, it's going to be at home. Uh, so 
there we go. That's it. Uh, other, any other expectations? Preview things, Marlo? No, yeah. I just yeah. I, I just hope Davison doesn't piss me off this year. That's my uh, that's my goal. For you, Davison. Hundred percent gonna happen. Hundred <laughs> percent gonna happen is it's as likely to happen as him separating his shoulder. So <laughs> oh man, that's pretty likely. Yeah. Yeah, pretty likely. Uh, all right, Champions Classic tomorrow. 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 <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Marlo. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, what do we got? We got uh, some combination of Duke, Kentucky. Duke, Kentucky, yeah. Michigan State, and who else? And uh, I think it's Kansas. Oh, yeah, Kansas. Go. Yep. They play They play tomorrow. That's exciting. Cool. Um, yeah, Michigan State's number one. Uh, I wrote this down. Why is this not here anymore? Unbelievable. <laughs> great. Great podcasting, Casey. Oh, my God. Uh, Duke and Kansas kick it off at 6 o'clock tomorrow. This is in the garden. Oh, the uh, Mecca. Yeah. yeah. They showed a picture of it during the uh, the Giants-Cowboys uh, game. They're like, oh, they're gonna, there's going to be this basketball game here tomorrow. And it, it was an aerial view, and it's just everything in New York is so big. It looks so small. Yeah. It is. You know, normally, maybe I'm just used to like, hey, here's being a Wisconsin fan. It's like, here's Lambeau Field. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's the <laughs> biggest thing in the city. Here's the Kohl Center. It's the biggest thing by it. And then they show yeah. uh, the garden, and it's like, oh, there's like everything around it is way, way bigger than this little, you know, circular building. Yeah. Uh, so Duke, Kansas kicks it off. Uh, and then it is Michigan State, um, Kentucky. Yeah, Michigan State, Kentucky okay. at eight thirty. Uh, Michigan State's going to do that thing where they they lose terribly to this game, and then they use that the whole, like they use that the whole year to be like, oh, we're, and then they're going to run in March. I can already tell. I just predicted the season. There you go. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I yeah, don't know. Michigan's going to lose by double digits. Going to lose another game after that. We're all going to call them frauds, and they're going to go to a Final Four. I don't know. That's normally their thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's <laughs> that's normally what they do. I think this year might be different. Although, I know this Michigan State team is good, but are they that good? Like, is Cassius Winston that he's good? But like, Cassius Winston's thirty. Yeah, and he's playing against like eighteen year olds. Yeah, he's good. It's it's weird to think that he's like the odds-on favorite to win player of the year it just yeah, feels weird. weird yeah because he's he's not good he's really good at some things of basketball but he's right. really bad at other things i think it's just his shot his shot is so ugly yeah it shouldn't work and it does <laughs> yeah he's I the guy at the that. ymca where you watch and you're like you just get mad that he's making all these baskets because his shot is terrible but they just always go in and you can't do anything. And he kind of looks like that. He gets like that front view, like uh, headband on. It's all crooked. Socks pulled up. Yeah. Crazy shot. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. They have, yeah. They. Have, I, I remember last year saying, like, oh, next year, you know, Michigan State's going to be down next. Because I thought everybody was graduating. They're all still there. Cash Swinson's <laughs> still there. Xavier Tillman is still there. Joshua Langford's still injured, but I think he's finally going to come back. Uh, Tom Izzo's kid is a freshman on the team. That's exciting. Oh, boy. Um, Aaron Henry is still there. I mean, jeez, oh, they're all still there. It's it's unbelievable. Um, it'll be interesting to see. All right, Champions Classic tomorrow. Check it out. Duke is in a weird spot. They don't have 
I guess they don't have Zion Williamson, so it feels yeah. like they're like they're missing <laughs> something this year. It's just like they don't have the most dynamic player we've seen in a decade anymore. Uh, but I'm sure they still have really good players, as probably does Kentucky and Kansas. Um, so it should be interesting. Check out the Champions Classic. It's not an aircraft carrier or anything this year, so that's yeah, kind of lame, so that's but good. whatever. It's in, it's in the garden. Whatever. So. All right. Other Badger things. Marlon Volleyball keeps on rolling. They've now won their first 12 straight matches Boom. in the Big Ten which is a record for them, so that is really exciting. Hockey didn't roll so much this weekend. They went into Penn State, lost two games, uh, combined score of like 3-10 to 10 or something terrible like that, so that was not fun to watch. Um, but hopefully they'll, they'll turn it around next week. That's it for Badger stuff, Marlo. Let's move on to other college football, other things that happened this week. Yeah. Marlo, what am I going to do with all my Appalachian State championship gear? Oh, the dreamer's dad died on Thursday night. I was really sad about this. I was I was gearing up to beat the drum for a national title for Appalachian State. Yeah, didn't happen. They lost to Georgia Southern. This is it, it's one of those, Marlon. Remember when this happened to me last time? Yes. George, it was Georgia Southern, Georgia State. Not they're different, but the same. Uh, Georgia Southern does win twenty four twenty one. The dream is, de- or is it, Marlo? Is this just a tough Ooh. home loss and they can still make the college football playoff? No, it's over, man. If this was Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dream is dead. I have all these additional T-shirts that I have to get rid of. Oh, well. All right. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Georgia proves us right, I guess, finally. Georgia defeats Florida, and Florida finally is not good. Right? Is that how this works? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Is, that, is it is it is it Georgia good or Florida just bad? I don't know. Anyone knows yet? But uh, the largest largest outdoor cocktail party, entertaining. Yeah. Uh, some entertaining game. Yeah. I think Georgia's. I think Georgia's good. Uh, that loss against South Carolina, we can chalk it up to a fluke. I, I believe yeah. uh, puts them in the driver's seat for the, uh, the SEC yep. championship on their side. So. Uh, yeah, no, I think it was a good win. It was a fun game to watch, though, for real. Uh, yeah. There's just something was, about it. Oh, it was mainly because I was rooting against Florida. Yeah. I just wanted to be like, we've been on this. Florida's not really that good. Band- yep. Well, their offense isn't good. And I never really felt like this game was in doubt, so it was kind of fun to just be like, it was entertaining, but I always felt like Georgia had it. Yeah. It's easy yep. to say in, in hindsight, but it was, <laughs> you know, it was 10-0 to zero, Georgia, then 13-0. to. 13 to 3, 16 to 10, 24 to 10, and then Florida scored late. I, I felt like I felt like it was there. Um speaking of entertaining, Marlo, the Pac-12 gave us a really entertaining game, then a really not entertaining game in on the way to shaping up the Pac-12 picture. Uh Utah defeating Washington in a relatively entertaining game. Uh, but then the nightcap, the Pac-12 after dark, even though it was a little bit earlier than the normal Pac-12 games, uh <laughs> Oregon crushed USC. Thank God I gave up on USC last week, right, Marlo? I have to yeah. follow this one good, this good one job. too closely. But it looks like Utah and Oregon are on crash course for the Pac-12. And they really seem like the, the two best teams in the Pac-12 and two best opportunities to get a playoff spot for that. I don't know. Did you get anything out of those two games? I thought they were fun. but uh, No, I thought the Oregon game was, was fun. Was USC was... Uh, and made that comeback touchdown that kind of put him within one score, and you could feel like the USC swagger coming off from the sideline. Everybody's getting crazy, and then Oregon just t- 
takes the next kickoff from the touchdown, runs it back, and then just never looked back. And that was yeah. the fun part. It's kind of weird seeing USC night games when the stands are kind of empty. Because yeah, used to them playing in you know the Rose Bowl Stadium and it's just being packed and crazy and, and, and intense. And then when they're, I, I even when it was a game, there there was a lot of empty spots in the same. It's kind of you know I guess that's the well just being stadiums. yeah being an LA team, it's all or nothing. Like you if you you got to be good to draw them. Yeah, and if you're not like if even if you're mediocre, you're, it, there's other things to do. Just, they just don't care. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Pac-12 picture taking shape. Uh, I guess last note before we get look ahead, Marlo, uh, your boy Alex Hornibrook got uh, Taggart fired from the Fuller State coaching job. Yeah, a year was a year and a half in, not even a year, whatever it was. Um, Hornibrook's the Hornibrook stats are back. All right, did you see the stat line he he put up against the uh, the Hurricanes? Mm-hmm. 17 for 24 for 135 yards, touchdown and interception, and eight sacks. That, if if that doesn't scream Horny Brook, I don't know what does. <laughs> so welcome back, yeah, Horny Brook. Im- immobile in the pocket, uh, taking too long with the ball, and then uh, a lot of a lot of short throws. Uh, to be fair, it's not entirely Horny Brook's fault. I think that. Anytime you are a Florida State coach and you're turning to Alex Hornibrook as a graduate or whatever transfer, probably got a waiver from the NCAA. doesn't matter. I don't want to go down that road again. Uh, Yeah. Probably not the best look. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Florida's in a weird spot, and Alex Hornibrook just being there was kind of comical uh, relief for, I, I think, us Badger fans who are a little bit still miffed about his tenure at Wisconsin. Yeah. So. I didn't get to see, I didn't get to watch the game with sound. It kind of was on in the background seeing it, oh, but God. I was in my in my head I kept thinking that they kept talking about the the Orange Bowl where Hornbrook carved up Miami. Yeah. Um I, I had in my head I had them just saying that over and over again and then Miami players being mad about it and that's why they were beating up on him. So that was my whole narrative while watching the game. Ah, nice. Yep. Totally totally missed that as I was well, <laughs> mercifully I didn't watch any of this game. Uh, I feel bad for anybody who did. <laughs> but uh as I was kind of following along on on uh, the highlights and uh, on the phone kind of being just kind of chuckling at which is really petty of me I guess, but oh well. <laughs> oh wow. What, what am I going to do? Uh all right, looking ahead, Marlo. On to week 11. Amazing that it's week 11 already. This is flying yeah. by. Um, starting to get I sad, got, actually. It is. It is starting to get sad, but uh, let's delay the sadness till later, Marlo. That's life. Um, delaying sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Be a true man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, next week's slate. Uh, a pretty good early slate, which we'll talk about in games of the week. But before we do that, let's look at the night games and see if there's mm-hmm. an upset alert we can pick out. Because the night games are really just mismatches that I want to see if we can get an upset alert. So do you like any of these? I'm going to throw them out. Let me know if you like one or none or however many of these you like out there. So first off, I didn't write this down, but it's on here. Missouri's at Georgia. All right. Number Ooh. six, Georgia hosting Missouri. Number 15 mm-hmm. in the game, going to Duke. Not your Daniel Jones Duke, Marlo, that you're so accustomed oh. to. That's been one of my favorite things. Like Daniel <laughs> Jones was there for a year, and everyone was like, remember that year Duke went to a bowl game with Daniel Jones when they were a program? 
That's exciting. Um, Iowa State at Oklahoma and Clemson at North Carolina State. Do you like any of those, none of those? What are you looking at for upsets, Marlo? Um, I don't know if I like any of them. I I've tried like to Notre, Notre, Notre Dame coming off a loss. Uh, no, no, Notre Dame won against oh, Virginia Tech this I'm, week by right. one. Yeah. They scored in the last like minute or something. Oh, that's right. What do I do? I'm so far behind. Okay, take yeah. it back. I like I take like Duke. I like Duke. <laughs> I like Duke. I think the wheels are coming off. Wheels are coming off Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, I, the Oklahoma, I think, is going to run over Iowa State. Clemson, NC State. I think it might be a close game, but Clemson's going to – it'll be a close game for a while at the very least. But I think Clemson will pull that one out. So I'll go with Duke. I'll go with Duke over North, North yeah. Notre Dame. All right. Well, crap. You stole mine because that was the one I had. Uh, Dang. I just – I'm a little worried about this Notre Dame team. Not worried. I like when they're not good. But <laughs> – Yes. They might – I get maybe last week was a letdown. They were just really unimpressive against a not good Virginia Tech team. So I'm curious if that is the team they are that gets walled by Michigan and that struggles against Virginia Tech because that team might have trouble against Duke or if it was just kind of a letdown game after that, um, after the Michigan wallop that they that they took. I don't like any other upsets, but those were the night games and they were terrible. Games of the week, though, Marlo, <laughs> they're happening earlier uh, at 11 a.m. on ABC Penn State versus Minnesota. We finally get to see how good Minnesota is. And holy crap, don't want Penn, Penn State. State would you just beat Minnesota? Just beat Minnesota. Just do it. Because if they don't, it's I'm, it's truly over. It's truly over. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if if <laughs> Minnesota, I'm not going to say they're good if they win this game, but they will be good if no. they win this game. <laughs> but I truly want and expect Penn State to go into Minnesota and Beat the crap out of them. I expect them to win. What's the spread? I'm going to click on the button to find out the spread. Um, they're only six and a half point favorites. I would be surprised. Are you really? Only six and a half. Whoa. I would be surprised if they don't win by 14 or more. I'm, yeah. Put, a, the, put that money on the over. That's a lot of anti-Minnesota fan. creeping <laughs> 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 into, into that analysis. But I would be shocked. I think this Penn State is really, really good. And I think Minnesota hasn't played anybody. Um, it's in Minnesota, so that could be you know a, a, a thing. But I would be shocked if Penn State doesn't clobber Minnesota. And I am projecting a little bit, but that's how I feel. All right, but obviously, Marlo, that's the Big Ten. Game I got of the your week. back. Big Ten game of the week. The real game of the week is somehow number one LSU. I don't know how that happened, but LSU somehow jumped <laughs> up to number one at number two Alabama. That's the game of the week. Uh, it sounds like Tua's going to play. Uh, LSU dismissed a defensive lineman today or something, so a bunch of weird things. The Alabama's favored by six and a half. I saw it was seven. Must have come down a little bit. So even though they're the second-ranked team, they're at home, they're relatively they're, they're as favored as <laughs> Penn State is in, yeah. in Minnesota. Um, should be a good one. Obviously, rooting against Alabama, right? Yes, I am rooting 100% against Alabama. Let the rain curl. I, yeah, I heard, is Tua coming in? or I, I, Last I heard it was going to be a game-time decision, which usually means he'll probably play, right? Is that what yeah, we're getting at? Yeah, I can't at? imagine he doesn't play. Yeah. I'd be surprised if he doesn't play. Right, so rooting for LSU, but Casey, I honestly believe Alabama's going to come out and just truck LSU at home. Ooh. I, I really do. They, I mean, they know that they both had a bye week, but 
the same time, I just, I just, it's one of those I have the feeling like LSU has been riding this high cloud, and Alabama's had this circled on for a while, and Nick Saban using his little rat poison whatever tricks, and uh, yeah. they're just gonna rat, come out rat and poison just, tricks, great, yeah, so <laughs> rat poison, tricks. yeah, and they're just gonna come out and be out coached, outplayed, um, at home. And that, what time is this game? Is it mid afternoon? Yeah, two thirty. Two thirty game. Yeah. Yep. I hope not. I hope it's a good game. I hope it's the classic, not the classic. I think not the classic six three game, bullcrap. But like a real good game. Yeah. No, and that's what I think is going to be different about this game. I think LSU isn't the LSU of old, where they get in those six three games. You know, thinking of that national championship game that was just awful yeah. uh, a couple years ago. Uh, Alabama really has two games on their schedule. It's this and at Auburn. So I think they'll come out fired up for this. It'll be. I'm just excited to see if LSU, who's been lighting up on offense, Burrow has been awesome, probably the Heisman frontrunner at this point. And if he continues to do what he has done against other opponents, against Alabama, and gets a, vi- a victory here, he's absolutely the Heisman frontrunner. Um, that's just going to be fun to see. I, I just don't know how good this Alabama team is. They haven't played anybody yet. Their toughest game was at Texas A&M, who is just a good team that loses to all the other better SEC teams. So uh, I don't know how much we learned about that. LSU has some uh, better victories on their schedule. Yep. Um, should be a good one. I'm pretty excited for it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what else to say about that. Um, rooting for LSU. Hope they hope they pull it out. Yeah. The only thing, yeah, the only bad thing is it is at two thirty during the Badgers game, which probably means I'm not going to be able to watch it. So it doesn't matter if it's a good game or not. Take it back. I take it back. Yeah, that's a good point. Terrible <laughs> scheduling. Terrible scheduling by CBS. They should. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a half hour earlier because the Badger game some for some reason starts at three. Yeah, true. So it doesn't make any sense. No. So we'll we'll be able to watch the first half of the first quarter because college football games take forever. All right. Uh, we talked about the night games, Marlo. They are mm, not great. They're in upset alert section there. That's it for the week. Let's move on to the pros. You ready? <laughs> ready to move on to the pros, Marlo? Yep. Yep. Let's do it. Gotcha. All right. All right. I'll start. Packers 11. Solid football score. Uh, Chargers 26. Another great football score. What a weird score line. Um, God. So, I'll just read Aaron Rodgers' comments. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think I think uh, it's interesting because he's so Aaron Aaron Rodgers and the Matt Lafleur oh, relationship boy. has to be one of the most one of the most scrutinized player coach relationships in the NFL. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, who's been kind of pumping up his team throughout most of the season and complimenting the other players on the team, said after the game, uh, quote, whether it was the trip, not everybody taking care of themselves the right way over two days, or we were just tired, or the difference in temperature, but those are just excuses. The facts are that we weren't locked in from start, and that's a little disappointing. Obviously, we had some silly penalties that we're not used to having. That hurt us, especially when you only have three possessions the first half. I interject. My God. All right. Back to the quote. <laughs> You've got to make them count. I'm just talking about the offensive side of the ball. We've got to be honest about our routine and decisions we made in the last 48 hours and make sure that our heads are in the right place the next time we come on a big road trip, which Dang. will uh, be just in three weeks. So something happened on this road trip yeah. that um, people were upset 
Rodgers at least was upset that the players weren't focused. And honestly, that's the way this game felt. It felt like we slept, walked through three and a half quarters. It felt like we weren't prepared for the game. It's like we didn't know how to play on the road. The Packers have had a very home uh, heavy schedule uh, and their road games have been, I guess, let's say, quote unquote, close to home. Um, whereas this was a West Coast road trip where they got in on Friday. It sounds like some, it just seemed like the team in general, from the coach on down, who later admitted that he wasn't prepared, didn't have the team properly prepared for the game. Um, the team, they just weren't prepared for this game and it was super frustrating. Uh, and, and I guess Rogers called it out. The coach called out that he wasn't, didn't prepare the team correctly. And I think it was just a team that was a little bit, too, I'm already doing my upon reflection reaction instead of my in, in the moment reaction. So I'm going to, upon reflection, it was a team that seemed a little too cocky, a little too confident in where they were sitting at seven and one against a, what was it, three and five Chargers team uh, who had been underperforming. They thought they could just go in and give a half assed effort and come away with a victory. And they were rudely awakened to the fact that you can't do that in the NFL, especially against a Chargers team that underperformed. Um, and I think the coach, hopefully, I'm kind of coming away with lessons, right? I hope the coach learned a lesson that he needs to prepare every game as hard as it's the Super Bowl or you know whatever uh, generality you want to make for that to win in the NFL. Um, and the players, you can't just sleepwalk through games Every game is a competition, and this was a severely disappointing game from the Packers. In the moment, Marlo, God, was I frustrated and screaming <laughs> at my TV as Rodgers had like 58 yards of passing through three quarters. It was an embarrassing performance by every facet of the game. The offense was terrible. The offensive line was terrible. Uh, the defense was bad, although they were put in tough situations. And the special team was bad, giving up a really terrible uh tipped blocked punt whatever it doesn't count as a block i guess if it goes past the line of scrimmage but it was a block punt and just all around they seemed unprepared for this game and it was extremely disappointing and a game they let get away in a week in which every other nfc north team lost and they could have had some separation uh from the vikings and, and the other teams but they didn't so a very disappointing performance on to next week i guess uh, mercifully it's at home so hopefully they return to kind of the the friendly confines of Lambeau and we'll have a better result against the Panthers who have looked either really good or really bad, depending on the game this year. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Cam Newton's still not going to play for the Panthers. So they're going to go with uh, whatever Allen. There's three Allens now in the NFL, Marlo. It's a little hard to keep them all straight. <laughs> they all won last three week. quarterbacks. They all won last week. Kyle Allen. Is that the one on the Panthers? I can't, I don't know. Whatever that guy. Um, <laughs> Coming into town, I'm really worried about Christian McCaffrey and how we'll good be able to. He's really good at football, and the Packers, off of the inability to stop Melvin Gordon last week, who had been struggling on the year. I mean, obviously coming off of his holdout, uh, so missed most of the year, but he had a really great game, and the Packers seemed like they were just completely devoid of ideas on how to stop Melvin Gordon. If they can't stop Melvin Gordon. Good luck stopping Christian McCaffrey. So it's a little bit of a worry next week, but they won't be at home. Obviously, an advantage there. So hopefully, they can refocus and hopefully, this loss knocks some sense into them again, getting a little bit more upon the farther reflection reaction there, uh, being a little bit more positive than my in the moment just frustration. So 
Uh, that's it for the Packers, Marlo. Anything you want to add to the Packers? Ask me about the Packers as I end my Packer ramp. <laughs> no, I was thinking about you. I was thinking about you during that game um, as it was going on. At the big thing going to that game, everyone just said, oh, they're going to win. That stadium's going to be full of Packer fans. It's going to feel like yeah. a home game. Yada, yada, yada. Which there were a lot of Packer fans there. Yeah. But, um, you know, I guess, you know, Philip Rivers is doing his thing where he just. You know, wins a couple games in the middle here to make it seem like they have a chance. And the Bears and the Packers have been in the way, just in the right point of that schedule, right? That um, that they always do. So don't, yeah, don't feel too bad. Well, it it can feel like a feel like a home game if your team's doing anything, right? Yeah, you know, they had three like essentially three three and outs in the first half. I mean, it doesn't matter if you have a million fans there; they have <laughs> not literally nothing to cheer for. Uh, it was weird watching though because so. The first half of the game, I was at a family birthday party. Yep. Brutal. Just brutal. Um, <laughs> wife, wife side of the family, so they don't care. So I'm on my phone <laughs> watching. So I'm watching. I'm at. So it's at a, a, a restaurant. So I can hear the game. I can't hear oh. the game enough to hear kind of the broadcast or anything, but I can yeah. hear the noise. It gets a lot, you know. The yeah, yeah, the reactions. Mm-hmm. But since it was essentially a neutral site, from the fan standpoint, right, there was anytime there was noise, I had no idea if it was good or bad. Whereas if it was at a home game, if the noise got loud, that means the Packers are doing something good. If it's a road game, you know, the noise got loud, that means the other team was doing something. I had no idea if it was good or bad because of the amount of Packer fans there. So that was kind of frustrating from my standpoint. Also, yeah. on the ESPN app, which I was following along, every pass either is either short left or right or deep right or left. <laughs> There's no middle. It's either short or deep. And that was kind of that annoyed me. I don't know why, but it was just like just can it just be a pass to the left? Can it be not be short, not be long, like a middle pass? Nope, everything's short, National short and long. Hey, hey, RP sponsored again. We did it. Oh, that's not good. We did it, Marlo. All right, that's it. That's all I got. Yep. Another <laughs> <laughs> sponsor. Hey, RP. Oh, going on, going on in their autoplay. Jeez. Yeah. All right. That's it for the Packers, Marlo. On to the Bears. Bears, 14, Eagles, 22. You want to talk about a bad first. First of all, this this score, not as close as the game actually was, uh, for the record. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about a bad first half, Casey? You want to talk about a team sleepwalking? Let's talk about that. Uh, Offense. A passing yard in the first half. One, A, A passing yard, a total of nine yards in the first half. Uh, and that was lucky mm. because going into the last drive, it had a total of negative 10. So they're able to go positive yards into the first half. Uh, mind you, that being yeah. said, they went into halftime only down 12 at that point. I believe, yeah, down 12. So it was 12 nothing going into halftime. Yeah, 12 0 going into halftime. Uh, so at this point, you know, swearing off, swearing off the Bears, swearing off Trubisky, swearing off everything. Football's stupid. Haven't seen any of my teams win since early October. Um, everything's everything's terrible. Yeah. And I've gotten to this point where all I all I ask now, I don't. All I ask now is, hey, hit a wide hit a wide open receiver. Just do that. Just hit yeah. a wide open receiver. Guess what? Trubisky comes back and he does that twice. Uh, leads to two scores. That's cool. Makes me think that we're going to be in the game. I don't know why I let myself think that we're actually going to be in the game. 
down five points at this point. And, you know, at some point, you can't ask your defense to do everything for you. Uh, so Eagles come out, they get the they get another score, put it away to eight points. And then on the ensuing kickoff, all we do is we just don't fall on the ball and we don't even have a chance to, like, have a chance to make it exciting. So talk about frustrating tales of two halves, tales of a season that has gone away. It's yeah, it's four losses in a row now, right? Yeah, four losses in a row. Obviously, should, we talked about last week should have been a win. This week was just played a half, not even a half of football, a quarter and a half of football of actual football, and it's just it's just sad. It just sucks. It's just sad to see. There's nothing really. I've been through the thing is I've been through a lot bad seasons. That's not the bad thing. It's just their expectations this season. Uh, and that's you know just kind of hit. This is just hitting me in the mouth right now. That it's one of those where had expectations and now it's just it's all gone away midway through the season and there's really nothing nothing to do about it. Yeah, I think that's the the frustrating thing about the Trubisky experience is, um, he's bad for stretches and then like in a quarter he'll have a really good quarter. Yes, and it's like yeah. there's the hope. It's like a flicker of hope, a flicker of like this is what he maybe could be. Right, but it's in such small doses that the general whatever takeaway or the general quarterback that he is, it's not there. And I don't know. I it, I don't mean to to pile on, but I just kind of watching this from from afar, it's that has to be so frustrating. It's like it's he does if he just sucked, you could yeah. be like, all right. He sucks. We'll move on. Right. Like we we get it. He's terrible. In that maybe it sounds like that's where the Bears are at this point. But like at least a lot of the Bears fans. But um, he has these flashes where it's like, but but maybe but maybe <laughs> if he could just put it all together. Right. I, I think just run the two minute drill thing. all the time. Just do that. <laughs> Whatever you're doing the two yeah. minute drill, just do that Whatever all the time. That is. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. And then the whole I, it it's it's tough because. Yeah, we can move, you can say you can move on, but what are we going to move on to? Don't have a first-round pick, all right? right? Are we going to try to recycle one of these quarterbacks that are like, oh, well, he was a starter once? Cool. There's a reason he's probably on the market right now. Maybe a Teddy Bridgewater, but still, is that really going to be the answer? Like, yeah, he came in, did a relief role, did very well, also played for really good defense, but I, it's one of those moves, hypothetically, you take, I guarantee you it's going to go awry with the Bears because that's what happens. And that's right. it's just... Yeah, it's just what happens. So, you know what? I'll talk to you in, I don't know, maybe three to four years when we try to rebuild this thing and hopefully get back to some resemblance of a playoff team. Yeah, I think that's a good point because where, where do you go from here? You know, you're not going to chase Daniel. Like, he's not. Yeah, not the answer. He's not the, he's not the answer. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater might be a little scary. As a Packer fan, that might be a little bit scary. But <laughs> knowing the Bears' quarterback luck, that's probably just – an injury or something that would inevitably <laughs> happen to him or something weird. Yeah, something uh, strange. That in that regard, but um yeah. All right. Bears got next week, doesn't matter. Season's canceled. Uh I just look at this. Who do we got? We got uh, the Lions. The Lions next week. Oh. In division um, game. All right. In yeah, in division game. Awesome. Uh Matt Stafford having a great season, but they can't play defense. So maybe it's a get right pill. We'll see. There you go. If you lose that, then this, yeah, I think whichever team loses not. that loses loser, that game. Losers leaves town game. There you go. Yeah, I think there's no coming back because then yeah, 
one of those teams is leaving with three wins through nine games. That's not yeah. great. When is when is flex yeah. when is when when is CB or NBC able to start flexing? The start of this week. Do you know how that works? I don't know. Because we got after that week, we got Ram, we were Rams the Sunday night game, and I, I, they better flex us out. They you, better flex us out. Thinking that might that. not be. I, I think they have to flex us out. That I, I don't need you, that, that on national television. If you, I think if you lose, that's gonna it's gonna be flexed out. You got to obviously depending on the other games, but yeah, I don't know. Rams are. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what the Rams are. All right, other NFL stuff, Marlo. Uh, I know you were traveling, but uh, Lamar Jackson dominated the Patriots last night and it was freaking fantastic. It was I think the most I'm trying to think it was up there with kind of peak Patrick Mahomes entertainment value like he was amazing in the game. It was so fun to watch every time the Ravens had the ball I was tuned in and I think it was it was part because he was so great but part because he was doing this doing it to this Patriots defense who was has been built up all year as the best defense in the NFL, and he just torched him. Uh, every, he made everybody around him better. It was so fun to see. But now, Marlo, there's a backlash. To, is it just a backlash? Or is it a backlash to the backlash? Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, at this point, it's the backlash to the backlashers' backlash. Yeah, it's... I guess it's just this is just a part of being on social media. But now, everybody's bringing up all... <laughs> This is my a little mini rant. I have all, all the tweets of uh, you know Bill Pullian and whoever saying like, "Hey, he should play wide receiver because he can't be a quarterback in the NFL," which is, yeah, it's sure that seems ridiculous now, but also he's not playing quarterback like anybody has ever played quarterback before. If the Ravens have done a fantastic job of developing a system to specifically cater to his skills and he seems to be good enough this is based on like me watching three quarters of Lamar Jackson play <laughs> and I think the difference between him and like uh, um, uh, RG3 and maybe to an extent Michael Vick but kind of some of the other running quarterbacks that we've seen is while he moves around a lot he seems really great at avoiding contact and RG3 was terrible at this. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, was he had a kind of fluke injury. I don't want to lump him in with that. But a lot of the mobile quarterbacks that we've seen, the running quarterbacks that we've seen, are not good at avoiding contact. They kind of uh, don't know when to slide, right? He's more like Russell Wilson in the sense like he knows how to avoid contact. He seems like he has that innate ability. So I think he's a little bit different. And the Ravens, the situation that he's in with the Ravens, have allowed him to be the... Not a quarterback like the other 29 teams in the NFL have a quarterback. They have a unique offense that's tailored to him. And maybe that's an indictment of the rest of the NFL for not being smart enough or coming up or being allowing those other quarterbacks, these more uh, athletic quarterbacks, to play their, the way that they play. But it's amazing in Baltimore, and it's working great. And you know what? The way he moves, he probably would have been a pretty freaking good wide receiver. Yeah, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been amazing on like slant routes. He would be taking those to the house. It would have been something else. Uh, so I, I guess I'm kind of tired of the piling on because he's not a stay-in-the-pocket passer that all these analysts at the time were saying they're experiencing in the NFL is that's what you need to win. A 
running quarterback in the way that Lamar Jackson is doing it has never won. And maybe he's breaking the mold, but can you really blame people and blame analysts for saying, hey, this has never been done before, but maybe this guy could do it? That sounds weird to say in the moment, but he's doing it, and it was amazing to see last night. Um, and I hope I hope it continues because it was it was a lot of fun. It is weird cheering for the Ravens. I've always kind of cheered against the Ravens, but it was weird. And he seems like a great a great dude, and it was a lot of fun to cheer for. So there we go. Lamar Jackson ran over, probably catapults to the top three in the MVP discussion. Whoa, I think I, whoa, really? Yeah, I mean, I think at this pace they could be a two seed. If they get a two seed, right? They're they're going to win the NFC North because the rest of the division sucks. Yeah. So, well, so you got them, the Chiefs or the Texans for a two seed. So you got you got if he's number three, who do you also you got? You got Rogers and um, and I got and Wilson. Uh, Wilson and Watson. Wilson, Wilson and Watson. And, Watson. and then Lamar. Then Lamar. So you're all you're all in on the mobile quarterback. You're all in the mobile quarterback. I think those are they're the most exciting players who are contributing the most to their team's success. Okay. Okay. I got you. That's so, a little, uh, Russell, the throws Russell Wilson makes it I guess almost more so when he makes them is still unbelievable and yeah. uncanny. I don't know how the way he releases the ball and especially on his deep passes, it's such an arcing pass. That it blows my mind every time that it's so accurate, like that it can he can throw it so high, and just know, and that it drop it, it in the bread basket, drops into their bread basket. It's unbelievable. Deshaun Watson has uh, almost a magic to him in how he can kind of come back and pull victories out from a really poorly coached Bill O'Brien, poorly general managed <laughs> Bill O'Brien team. Blows my mind um, what he's able to do there. And then just off, maybe just off of this performance of Lamar Jackson last night, it's so exciting. The things he can do for that team uh, is so great. And then I would put, I put Rodgers at fourth, but I mean, I just have such a bad taste after scoring 11 flipping points. I can't put him any, any higher than that. So there we go. That's an impromptu MVP rankings, but Lamar Jackson creeping up there. And I think if they get a two seed, and let's say San Francisco wins the division over uh, over Seattle, which is in play. I think uh, there's a good chance he could be he could be MVP if he keeps playing like this. It's it's awesome, awesome, so fun to watch. And with Mahomes hurt, I think Mahomes hurt is the kind. Yeah, of... Yeah, no, Mahomes hurt. Yeah, well, it is what it is. If Mahomes is playing, it's different. Yeah, true. All right, well, Casey's uh, Casey's officially a Baltimore Ravens fan, so. Got that. There you go, Baltimore. Great. You're welcome. All right. All right. On to baseball, Marlo. It ended. It's <laughs> I over. I know you I know you're upset. Um it was the it was the third lowest rated World Series in history. Well, that doesn't sound right, but that's what the headline said. I didn't read any more beyond that. <laughs> like more people watch more people probably watch it now than in like nineteen forty seven, right? Yeah, maybe Probably. I don't know. Well, so okay. So when I saw like this, a flat number of people watching it. Sure. Well, I I I think I'm starting to. Th- I, these always come out now, and everyone's like Raiders are lower, and it's well, that's what's going to happen because there's more things to watch. There's other things to do. Like the World Series used to be like the Super Bowl, where it was the only thing on because there were five stations, 
and yep. this is the World Series, and everyone cared about it. Now the baseball, the way it is, the regular season is so regionalized. You know, it's not really a, a national game, you know, so to speak. So if your team is not in it, you're not really in it, except for those really diehard baseball fans. And there's not that many of them. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's going to happen. I and I don't. I didn't. It doesn't. It doesn't really surprise me. Is what I'm saying. And it wasn't okay. I mean, was it a really compelling series? I mean, things were weird. Happened. The road teams always won. That was kind yeah. of strange. It did Super go to a weird. did go to a game seven, but none of the games were really close, and nothing like really happened. You know what I'm saying? It was all the games that were won. They were won by like a decisive margin. Yeah, they were. There were. It was when the Nationals won. It was more in come from behind fashion. They were a little sure. bit closer. But when yeah. the Astros won, they blew them out of the park. It was like uh, I think they won by an average of seven runs or something like that. Yeah. This Nationals run was truly bizarre <laughs> in uh, a sense that just in the World Series, all the road teams winning. Nationals won four games on the road in the World Series and lost all three home games. That's bizarre. Uh, they Nationals on the postseason, they went four and four at home, but eight and one on the road. Um, they I, I had a come from behind number, but they had a lot of come from behinds. They were 10 and 0 when Strasburg or Scherzer started, which is crazy. Uh, to go 10 and 0 when your two best pitchers, they just climbed on their backs and they carried them to, uh, the World Series victory. Um, the fact that they won what the year after Bryce Harper left is, is amazing. Uh, their, their players, while maybe not the best, you know, the Sotos, your, um, Eatons and your Rendones were clutch and you felt like every time they were up late in these games, they were going to come through. And I think that the Nationals winning all the roads, so that if you especially consider kind of the whole vibe of the Nationals, they were kind of consistently underperforming in the playoffs. They had never won a postseason series prior to this uh, playoff run. I think the fact that they were on the road a lot for these kind of crucial moments was beneficial because their fans couldn't freak them out. Because I felt like in this series the home team always was just so nervous because their fans were so nervous there was like a reverse there's like a home field disadvantage because the fans were just so freaking tense <laughs> the entire time and the second anything bad happened like just sphincters tightened and the team could feel it and i think that kind of led to this crazy you know road team winning all all of the games um other side note of the series uh justin verlander is now owen six in the world series um, that seems impossible. That's and crazy. It seems like all, all the crap Kershaw gets for his playoff performances. <laughs> At least he's won. I mean, Verlander's won games in other series, but like, zero and six in the World Series. I think it's a round of five point of five ERA. That's tough. That's tough for Verlander. That's a, a tough kind of um, I don't know, legacy thing. I don't know what you take of it. Right? It's only six games, but it feels weird that he's lost uh, six in the World Series. Other baseball news, Marlo. Uh, there's been some transactions today. I don't know. Don't need to get into all those. But Lorenzo Kane finally, mercifully, wins a gold glove. So Brewers fans, we don't have to riot. He's finally won a gold glove. Um, so <laughs> no congratulations riots. to Lorenzo Kane. Which it seems crazy that he hasn't won a gold glove based on kind of what his defensive prowess has been throughout his entire career. Um, he finally wins it here in the 2019 season. That's it for the baseball season, Marlo. And I think uh, 
kind of poetically the day after the baseball season ended, it snowed here in Wisconsin. <laughs> so a, God, that a uh, Mother Nature said baseball season is done and it's going to snow. So fantastic. Winter is here, Marlo, as they said in that one show. They never said winter is here. Did they ever say winter is here? They said it's come. They said winter has come. That's that was the winter has come, right? Okay. Now I got to watch it all I, over I, again, Casey. I, I, Freaking I eight seasons just so I, I watched, get to that point. I got. I watched. Uh, I think like half of the first season. <laughs> That's all the farther I got. It's too. It's too much. It's too much for me. It's right up my alley. These are the things I like, and I just it was yeah. Whatever. You just couldn't do we it. Need to get into it. All right, we'll save it for other our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, you know what? It's about that time, Casey. We get yeah. to America's favorite segment, Casey's corner kick. Oh man, Marla, what a emotional week it was for well not emotional the motions were up and down they were all over the place marla mostly good in the end but liverpool had quite the week midweek they played in the carabao cup the big one marlo uh big they one. put out a they put out a squad that said basically we don't really care if we win or lose this game <laughs> against arsenal uh who actually i think wants to compete in this competition uh and at two times i think they were down they were down three goals, and then at two other times they were down two goals. They came back and tied it five to five in a last minute goal by Origi again, of course. And they won in penalty kicks five to five. It was an absolutely bananas game. Uh, basically, both teams threw out their kind of game plan <laughs> in the first ten minutes of the game, and it was just bombing up and down, up and down the field. It was really entertaining uh, in the midweek. Uh, on the weekend, Liverpool had a really frustrating 75 minutes, but then a thrilling end with a 2-1 win over Aston Villa. It was really weird uh, kind of watching this game as Liverpool kind of, well, first of all, there was the most ridiculous VAR negated offsides <laughs> I've ever seen by Roberto Firmino. He scored a goal and somehow based on the angle that VAR was, they determined he was offside. I I Never in a million years will understand how he was offsides there, but whatever. Um, so Liverpool was kind of congruently losing to Aston Villa while Manchester City was losing to Southampton, who had lost the week before 9-0 to to Leicester City. So for a moment, I went, oh, it's okay that Aston Villa is beating Liverpool because Man City is losing too. And about the same time I thought that Man City tied and scored the game, and then the next time I refreshed, Man City had scored and gone up 2-1. to one. So now I'm in an, a crisis where <laughs> Manchester City is winning and Liverpool is still losing to Aston Villa. But luckily, uh, Liverpool pulled it out in the end, scoring two late goals. I think one was in the 87th minute and one in the 94th minute uh, to edge out Aston Villa, who Liverpool should handle easily, uh, but made it entertaining. So Liverpool can, uh, stays atop the table. Six points clear of Manchester City. The two teams play next week on Sunday. We'll get to that in a moment. Other notable results from the weekend. Marlo, Manchester United lost to Burnley. Always fun when Manchester United loses in Everton Tottenham. I said uh, last week that that was the game to watch. That was the uh, disappointment bowl. Both teams really disappointing starts of the season. So naturally, of course, neither of them could win the game because that would be uh, good news for either team. They draw a 1-1 game. Uh, so continue their uh, kind of pedestrian starts for what they expected. This week, Marlo, we got some Champions League starting 
today as you're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, Liverpool plays Genk. There you go. Uh, <laughs> on on Tuesday, there's not a lot of top tier uh, versus top tier club uh, matches this round of the Champions League, but nonetheless, you'll still see some midweek games for you on, I think it's on TNT, uh, around, oh boy, with the time change, it's probably around 3 o'clock um, here on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then the weekend, the big matchup, Liverpool-Manchester City. Liverpool is six points clear. Uh, it's a big one, Marlo. Um, this could go a long way in deciding the title. Uh, either way, if Liverpool... Liverpool can get a victory, go nine points clear. That would be absolutely amazing. Um, a draw would be great, too, obviously, with Liverpool kind of in in the lead here. So that is the game of the week, Sunday, November 10th, 10.30 a.m. Um, for your, your viewing pleasure, Marlo. That's it for the corner game. Whoa. That's it? Any other, any other things, Marlon? I got one more thing before we adjourn for the day. Okay, what do we got? Are you ready? For, are you ready for it? It's I am. horse racing always. Oof. And this is what this is what we've we've talked. Um, the Breeders' Cup Classic decided to keep the race at Santa Anita, who we talked about. I think it was it was early. Was it around this time last year? I felt like it was around the holidays last year. Whatever. Horses yeah. are dying at this place, and the Breeders' Cup continue to keep their race here. And another horse died there. It's the 37th horse to die Jesus. since last December. They continue to have horse races at whatever this place is, and it's absurd. And somebody needs to do something. That is all. I don't know. I don't know what they need to do. I don't know if... May, I think when I talked about the last time, if horses die this often, they need to not do horse racing anymore. Right. This is a specific, like, this course thing. They need to shut this thing down. I don't understand what we're doing here. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it does. Uh, it does. It makes it makes zero sense. I know. No, I don't know. But it's if I, I'm trying to find uh, something similar if it was going on, but nothing would happen. Nothing else would go on where this would just be okay. Um, it's yeah, it's really sad. They need to do something about. It. I don't know what can we do about it. We should probably figure that out. But uh, I know well, stop I mean, racing horses there. Yeah, stop racing horses there. And if they're dying like this everywhere else, stop racing stop horses it. in general. Yep. Um, but this, there's something clearly wrong at this place. I mean, that's 37 horses in a year is that's that's crazy. Um, I remember when I first read this, and they were on, I think they were on double digits, but it was early in, in the process. And I remember reading a quote saying, one horse is too many, but blah, 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 blah. Well, obviously not, because we're at 37, and this is ridiculous, and I don't I don't know what we do. Anyway, it, kind of a somber ending, but I, I saw this kind of come across to Twitter, and I couldn't believe they were still racing horses there. It, it's absolutely unbelievable. All right, anyway, that's it, Marlon. Anything else from you? Um. Yeah. No. Happier note. Hopefully, we come back next week and have uh, talk about a Badger victory. Oh yeah, for sure. Obviously, obviously rooting for that Badger victories in all of the sports, Marlo. All, all the sports. sports. We're in full swing. We're in full swing in uh, our Badger sports fandom, and obviously, we hope the Packers win. Bears, eh, whatever they play, as well. Um. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. It's a good time. It's a good time. Basketball. Yeah. That's supposed to happen. The Bucks game was delayed by like 30 minutes because the basketball hoop wasn't working. <laughs> it was. It, it wasn't level. Oh so they, no! Like, they couldn't. They could adjust it. They had to get a whole new hoop to bring it in. I guess I don't know. I, uh, I gave up after 20 minutes of watching them zoom in on the level that was on the hoop. It was fantastic. Great television. Very high school. Yeah. For sure. All right, that's it. That's all I got. All right, that's it. That's it for me. As always, find us on the Twitters at one thirty two breeze. Myself at Marlon Jr. Casey at Prof Badger Fan. That's it for me, Casey. You got any last words? As always, fellow fans, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports.